Welcome to Season 5 of the Basics of Life Conversations with Rob Salvato. Hi, Basics of Life listeners. This is Pastor Rob, and I want to personally invite you to the 2220 Prophecy Conference on March 26th here at Calvary Vista. We're calling it the 2220 Prophecy Conference based on Revelation 2220 because three times there in Revelation chapter 22, Jesus makes the statement, Behold, I am coming quickly. And the final time is in verse 20 of chapter 22 where he declares, He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. And then the church responds, Amen. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. This is going to be an amazing day of looking at what the Bible has to say about the days that we are living in today and the days leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. We have an amazing lineup of speakers joining us for this conference that include Pastor Jack Hibbs, Pastor and Arthur Mark Hitchcock, Pastor Tom Hughes, and my good friend, Pastor Jason Duff. This is going to be a day that you will not want to miss But in order to come, you need to register because space is limited. You can register at calvaryvista.com forward slash events and look for the Prophecy Conference tab to secure your spot. And I look forward to seeing you here at Calvary Vista on March 26th. Well, today on the Basics of Life Conversations, I am joined by Pastor Jack Hibbs. Jack and I have been friends for over 25 years, and his passion for Bible prophecy and his love for Jesus has always inspired me. And so I'm excited to have him share at the 2220 Prophecy Conference, and I'm delighted to have him on the show today. And so now, here is my conversation with Pastor Jack Hibbs. Well, welcome to the conversation, Jack. Rob, I'm delighted that you've invited me. Thank you so much. Oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I know your time is really busy, but you taking the time to be on our program is awesome. Really appreciate it, Brady. You're generous. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> and I'm really excited about having you um, share and teach at our 2220 Prophecy Conference on May 26th. Um, what's on your heart to share with uh, the folks that are becoming out? I'm really excited right now about, I know it's almost kind of sounds cruel. I'm not disparaging any of the dynamics of our current world situation right now. But in light of that, Rob, I'm very excited to be studying and to be looking at what I'm actually calling uh, the great setup. Yeah. The great setup, the way I see it, is the great setup that's taking place right now in a geopolitical, even a theocratic way globally where we've all heard about the great reset. Right. But I think before we see a great reset, Rob, I think we're going to see a great setup. Yes. And I think the last two and a half years or so have been part of that, maybe even longer as I dig in. I'm finding out that there's things that have been in motion for decades. Right. Things that have been covertly engineered against the destruction of the church by political powers that are globalist. Things regarding even even the validity to have the printed Bible. We're finding Mm -hmm. out that there's some amazing things about the manipulation of information. I know this sounds hard to believe, Rob, but we've got some uh, people that are giving us information about how Amazon itself is trying to buy publication rights uh, to uh, various uh, publishers of Bibles uh, because they want to control that. And so... I think that we're looking at the great setup 
and I and I look forward to talking about that. So I can't wait. Very Good. exciting. That, well, we're, yeah. we're excited too. And I just want to say to all of our listeners, we're, we're recording this on March 3rd. So that's 20, the conference is 23 days away. So some things could change. So we won't hold Pastor Jack to that. But if he ends up sharing on that, that's going to be amazing. And, you know, um, Pastor Jack, you are very passionate about Bible prophecy. And, and why are you so passionate about Christians understanding and learning Bible prophecy? Yeah. Rob, thank you for asking that. Um I'm going to ask for everyone's forgiveness in advance. This is one reporter's opinion, okay? But it is my it is my testimony. I walked into Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa on Monday night, June 20th, 1977. I'd never been in a church before. I saw a bunch of young people flowing into the building by the thousands. I didn't know what it was. Look, Rob, if you're not a Christian, you don't know what the Maranatha Dove means. Yeah, right. I was not a Christian. <laughs> and out, out in the front of Coward Chapel Costa Mesa was the Maranatha Dove. And that just looks like insanity when you're not a Christian. Right, right. What's this bird? And so I heard music. I saw people my age. I pulled over. I went in there. And some guy by the name of Greg Laurie opened up the Bible to what I now know, because Greg told me, and I actually have the sermon on cassette. Wow. Greg taught from Revelation chapter 20, and he talked about the great white throne judgment. Mm. And he went down a list, and the title of that message is called, How to Inherit Hell. <laughs> and Greg went down that list. Yeah, that's so good. And I was starting to sweat. I was physically starting to sweat because I was guilty of many of the things that he was talking about. I didn't know anything about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right. I didn't even know if there was a Holy Spirit. I became so convicted of my sin that I went forward that night and I gave my heart to the Lord. And um, so dove into Bible prophecy from the start. Wow. I thought, I thought, well, that guy was teaching from the book of Revelation. So I guess that's where I'm supposed to start. And my first <laughs> book of the Bible was Revelation chapter one. Wow. And because I had no church upbringing, I thought to myself, Wow, this Bible, it is going to be insane. I don't quite get it, but it's going to be an amazing ride. So when I got to the back of the Bible, I started reading at the front of the Bible. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Rob, I know you, we wouldn't normally encourage this, but I'm very grateful I started in the book of Revelation. Yeah. Because I went right from there to the Old Testament. Right. And I saw things in the Old Testament that was represented in the book of Revelation. Interesting. Yeah. The, the menorah, for example, right. the creation itself. And right. and so it just came together. So for me, Bible prophecy proved to me the validity of the Bible. God used it to speak into my heart. And bottom line is this. Bible prophecy is how we know that our God has sent us a reliable word Amen. that can be trusted because the alternative is false prophets. Right. And our God of the Bible is not a false prophet. He's true. And he can be tested. Amen. So it's a great passion of mine. Yeah, I know. And it's something that God has, I think, really gifted you in, in speaking and being able to, to bring the events that are happening into our world and tie them to 
you know, the, what the Bible says, but not in a way that is like bizarre and outlandish, but very, very clear. So I, I just love hearing you share God's word and share on Bible prophecy. Um, you've always just been a big, big, uh, I've been a big, big fan of you in that way um, all these years. It's inspired me as a pastor as well. And, you know, here we are in the midst of this time where we're watching Russia invade Ukraine. And, you know, what's the prophetic significance in that? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, just right from the basics, the I I think through Scripture and and being conservative about it. You know, somebody might say, "Oh, is this Ezekiel thirty-eight? Actually, no, it's not. No. It's not Ezekiel thirty-eight. But look, this is going so fast and so unpredictable. Rob, you remember that all of the pundits were saying that Russia would be in Kiev in two hours. Yeah. And that didn't happen. No. Now we know that there's a lot of egg, as it were, on Putin's face. He's been <laughs> greatly embarrassed throughout the world. The ruble has plummeted. The Russian stock market is is tanked. And people don't want to do business. And the punishment that's coming out against uh, Putin from the European Union and NATO could be really devastating. That said, could this be something whereby uh, Putin actually winds up being removed because people have talked about that mm. if this doesn't go well for him, there's enough Russian uh, passion in this venture of his that he could be ousted. Wow. Well, if, if he's ousted and if we understand Ezekiel 38 correctly, then who's the next guy? Right. If Putin's not Gog, G-O-G, yeah. then m- maybe... Maybe this is the setup to where the next guy is. But look, this has got to play out. And I, I appreciate the fact that you you uh, advised your listeners that this, this has been done some days ago. Because as we speak, Russia is already in the north. You know that very yes. well. Russia is already in Syria. And Russia has joint relationships with Turkey. So everywhere from Jerusalem north, Russian troops are throughout the region northward, much like Ezekiel talked about. So uh, it's a wait and see moment. But this we know for sure. Russia's at the top of the news. Vladimir Putin has these grandeur designs of restoring the former Soviet empire, which is terrifying if you're Polish. Right. Latvian, yeah. or if you're from Estonia, yep. this has got your attention. So uh, I would I would put it in this category, Rob, that we are certainly watching what Jesus said, a time of wars and rumors of wars. Yes. I almost wonder, as I've been thinking about it, is we know that Russia, because of Ezekiel 38, is a player in the end times, and they're, yes. and they're a major player. They're, they're yes. kind of leading this coalition of... of uh, nations against Israel. And I've almost wondered if they end up, if this ends up not working, this Ukraine thing, could a move into Israel be almost out, like out of desperation, you know, to, because to me, for Russia, their whole interest in wanting to come into Israel, I think, is monetarily uh, motivated, where the You're other right. nations, it's because of Islam. It's their hatred for Israel. But for for Russia, it's based on, you know, it's, it's, it has a, a money 
issue connected to it. Right. So I almost wonder if this ends up not working, this Ukraine thing for, for Putin and for Russia, if, if the next move could be one out of desperation, you know, like we, we need help and we need to get a hold of, you know, the, if we, if we can capsulize the oil and the reserves and everything in Israel, that's going to kind of set us back up again. I'm, I'm wondering that personally myself. Rob, Rob, that is a great theory because number one, we know from Ezekiel that it does say um, that the accusation against Gog, Meshach, and Tubal in the land of Rosh, right? Right. That the, the nations of the world say, they assume, have you come to take a spoil? Yes. Have you come to take booty or right. treasure? And so they assume it. They assume what you just said. Yeah. That when it happens, which which is very cool, think about it. You are so onto something because if the nations of the world at that time that that's how they view it. Oh, we know what's going on. Russia must be incredibly desperate and in need. They must have come to take a spoil. Yeah. That's exactly. what makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing you mentioned is very, very true. And that is all of the nations that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38 today, it's not always been the case, but today are all hostile towards Israel and are Islamic. Islamic. Yep. So when it says that there's that God, the God of heaven is going to put a hook in Russia's jaw and pull it into the battle. It seems as though it's something that it's not willing to do, yeah. but it yeah. must do. Yeah, it has it's to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for its own survival, it's going to have to do this. And that, to me, is where that whole desperation idea comes in. Yeah. Um, and, and something that no one is talking about right now is the fact that Russia has 16 warships off the coast of Syria, based out of that port of, I think it's called Tardor, is how you you say it, which is only 423 miles from Israel. And like, no one's talking about that right now. How significant is that? It's extremely significant, especially in light of the fact that now, okay, today's date, going back, Rob, two weeks ago. So we're talking about we're talking about the latter end of February. There were three Russian ships there, mm. three. And just in this short order of time, there is some 16 to 18 ships there now. Wow. What wow. in the world's going yeah. on? Right. I mean, that's that's serious. On top of the fact that that's nothing for a Russian cruise missile, you know, to to strike Israel. I mean, this is a very, very serious posturing that's going on. Yeah, and Russian. And, uh, yeah, well, I was gonna say Russian fighter jets could be in Israel in a matter of minutes. Um, right. You know, at the speed at what those planes fly, and I also think it's interesting too. Just to you know, kind of, I'm just thinking out loud here is the fact that it was Russia's. Um, I think it's his foreign minister that was speaking to um, Lavrov. Yeah, yeah. The, the EU two days before they invaded Ukraine and he was protesting about the Golan Heights. It's like, it's like Israel is on Russia's mind, you know? And and I just, I almost, yeah, I'm almost wondering like if the, in some ways, if the Ukraine thing is almost a diversion, I've actually thought about that too. Look, Listen, I mean, I don't know Not that we want to speculate here. But. Exactly. We we are you and I are conservative yeah. eschatologists, right. meaning we approach Bible prophecy and uh, by having the Bible interpret itself. OK, 
Right. We are we are commanded in the Scripture, both Old and New Testament, to be discerning the times and the seasons in right. which we live. We we get that. But you're not the only one that has speculated. Could the Ukrainian thing be some sort of diversion? Some have gone so far to speculate. Uh, some of them, by the way, are some pretty big media people in the news have said that what's going on is is Putin uh, and uh, Zelensky being in agreement wow. on this even to the point of sacrificing to for the greater good of uh, their own population. I don't know. To me, that sounds insane. Yeah, it does. But it does. um, but the point being, I wish I had a map in front of me, Rob. Do yeah. you happen to know? Um, now this is this is weird. Do you happen <laughs> to know where where is Ukraine in the ancient Roman Empire? I mean, it, it was under the Roman rule, right? Wasn't it the eastern? Flank of the so. Roman Empire. Yeah, I believe so. Um, because uh, you see what's just going on, and and I certainly see movement toward the setup. Yes. Uh, whenever that might be, of of Daniel's great prophecies of the 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 coming together of a ten nation or ten region confederacy. Right. Uh, I just find it interesting that Rosh or Russia was not part of the Roman Empire, but if you look at a map, the Ukraine was. And I just find that somehow fascinating. I don't know what to do with that yet. Yeah, I'm just putting it over there. Wait right, and see. Right. Well, and like you're saying, is is being guys who are, you know, given to conservative study of the Bible and interest in in Bible prophecy, we know that there are certain nations that are predominant and involved in the end-time scenario. Russia is one of them. Iran is one of them. Israel, of course, is one of them. So whenever you see anything that pops up on the radar of those nations, you kind of think like, Okay, I got to pay attention to this. You know, if something pops up about New Zealand. I'm I'm not as interested. You know, in that I love the New Zealand people. We planted Beautiful some churches place, there. Yeah, but... it is. Um, <laughs> but but here's another one that has been in the news lately, and I'd love to get your just thoughts on this. People have been talking about China, and yeah. you know, and Russia invading Ukraine, and then China with Taiwan, and um, what significance does China have in Bible prophecy? So again, speculation. Uh, we begin speculating with knowing that the end time scriptures tell us that there is uh, there's an army in the last days that can that can staff or man a two million man army. Right. Some, to be fair, some say those are actual soldiers, and then there are those who say those are demonic powers. Those are mm -hmm. that's demon activity. Um, I tend to believe that, and this is not a compromise, but I I tend to believe that this is a physical army under demonic sway. I like that. Um, what's interesting, Rob, is that people have always assumed that it's China because they were the first one to boast a, a uh, 200 million man army, right. which they maintain to this day. Uh, but some over the last recent years, when I say recent years, the last 30 to 50 years, have also speculated that it could be anywhere in the region of, of uh, India and that part of the world, hmm. the kings hmm. of the East. Be that as it may, isn't it interesting? There are two nations that are very predominant in the world, big hitters that we do not see specifically mentioned in Scripture, the United States mm -hmm. and China. Right. 
they're somehow gone from the scene or maybe amalgamated into the mix. Maybe both those those nations' powers are diminished for whatever reasons and they just dissolve into like the Roman Empire did. But something is very significant. You got China right now. I think people know this. In fact, at the time of this program that you and I are doing right now, this morning, there was very alarming news coming out of Taiwan mm-hmm. because there's been some GPS and and uh, cyber warfare in the last uh, 20 hours uh, levied against Taiwan coming out of China. Uh, China's dangerous. China is scary. Uh, China also, much, much like World War II, Rob, the era where you had you had in uh, the Pan-Pacific region, the, the Pacific region, mm-hmm. you had you had Japan with visions of grandeur to take over the world. Right. While at the same time, you had Hitler thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. Right now, we've got Putin right. wanting to do whatever he wants to do. And you've got Xi Jinping thinking that the world belongs to him. These are amazing moments. Right. And I don't know the answer to that, but my Jesus does. Yeah. And so I'll wait and see. But um, I love what our friend Dr. Ed Heinsohn says, that God never gave us Bible prophecy to scare us, but to prepare us. Amen. And I think that's a very great thing. Yeah, and that really leads to the next thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, what should be the attitude of Christian, Christ followers, when they see these sort of events that we're, we're looking at today? What, what should be their attitude? What should be their reaction to that? Um, very simple. On, on resurrection evening, uh, two disciples were walking to Emmaus, and they were discussing the events of the day, Luke chapter 24, and unbeknownst to them, Jesus suddenly appears, and they're talking about stuff that's transpired, and he says to them, what are you guys talking about? Hmm. And he said, what are, you, what are you, a stranger in this area? Right. Don't you know what's going on? And Jesus used their conversation to witness to them about himself, right? Right. right. I believe that's what we're to be doing right now, be it, be it COVID, global economy, Bitcoin, war, unit, violence. We should do the same thing. We should be like Jesus. We should be using this moment to talk to our neighbors and our friends, people standing in the, in the store, in the grocery store line, and say, say something just like this. Boy, isn't the world crazy right now? I mean, I encourage all of your viewers right now, if if they if they were to just say, hey, wow, isn't the world wild right now? Yeah. Guess what, friends? I have to tell you, every time I've done it, it's never flopped. Right. It's always opened the door. Somebody will say, yeah, I can't believe the price of gas. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it amazing? And and then what about you see if you're yeah. on it, if you're in the in the groove. Right. You'll take what's going on and the conversation, and what you'll do is you'll you'll inject into that conversation that is a biblical stimulator. Yes, I like that. Because people are going to ask you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, listen, I'm not a Bible nut, but the Bible does say in the last days, uh, there's going to be a cashless system. I mean, we won't be we won't be using money anymore. Yeah. And I, Rob, not I have to tell you and. Gosh, in 45 years of being a Christian, I've never had one person say, don't talk to me about that. Yeah. People have shrugged it off like, oh, really? Oh, well, I'm not into that and walk away. But I've never had somebody say, that's ridiculous. Right. What are you, a nut? <laughs> I, 
I think if we step up to the plate, yeah. amen, and just drop a little bit of of a trigger, as it were, people are people are scared, Rob. They're yes. asking questions. Yes. So use it. We want to use what's happened in the world. We yeah. want to bring it up. I, I think it really goes to what Paul said in Ephesians 5 when he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The New Living awesome. Translation puts it, making the most of the time. And, yes. and, and so, you know, I think the, the study of Bible prophecy is not meant to cause people to be fearful, but to be emboldened. It's yep. to give them confidence to know that, hey, this is what the Bible says is coming. And we're, we're just, we're seeing it unfold. We're seeing these things unfold. But also it's not to create within believers this attitude of escapism um, no. where they just want to retreat and go, okay, I'm going to go wait for the Lord. But really it should instill in us an activism, you know, a I desire to be salt and light and, and realize that we need to be involved um, in redeeming the time, making the most of the time. What does that look like? Does that look like joining a school board or, you know, running for office or sharing, you know, with our neighbors or looking for opportunities where we can bring the love of Jesus to people Amen. practically? It's like all of that, you know, and, and that's what we're called to during this time. But I think that there's a certain sense of urgency that it's supposed to create within us. And, you know, the early church... They, I think they were so powerful and effective because they literally believed that Jesus was going to come back soon. You know, they were they believing did. in the in, in, imminent return of Christ. And, and that would, was meant to instill in them this sense of we, we've got to be busy. Rob, what you just said right there yeah. is 100% biblical truth. Yeah. No seminary professor could deny it. History cannot rewrite what you just said. It's a fact. I love what you just said, and that's a snippet. That if imagine if every pastor in America had the had the biblical belief that you just shared, then so much of the distractions would evaporate. Mm -hmm. You just really what you just said was, hey, until Jesus comes back, and oh, by the way, the first century church thought he was coming back at any minute. So they were so busy about their father's business that they got involved in everything yeah. that we read the book of Acts, that even in Caesar's own family court, there were believers. Right, right. They didn't see any limits. Yeah. They didn't see any limits to where the gospel should go. And I have discovered, and I and this might land on somebody's feet a little hard. I don't intend it to be, but what you just said is so sweet and pleasing to the Lord. But this is what it looks like, that if you're a believer and you run for school board, you do that not to become famous or to have your name on a plaque. You do it because you're representing Jesus. You're representing a biblical worldview value. And people will say to me, oh, Jack, you're being political. No, because I'm supposed to shine the light on the construction site. Yes. On the football field. I'm supposed to shine the light of Christ on the battlefield and in the school board, and in the ballot box. I'm a Christian. Yes. And 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 you said it so clearly. If, if we all did what you just said. Yeah. Well, you know, Jesus said that we're to be the salt of the earth. And the only way that salt can be effective is it has to permeate what it's being attached to. You know, whether it's a wound or to flavor meat or whatever it might be, 
but it can't just be in the salt shaker. <laughs> so That's right. the, the only way we can permeate our culture is by getting out yep. and being involved in that type of way. And both those, both those attributes that you just said assume something. Number one, to be the light assumes there's darkness. Yes. The, the light's got to go invade the darkness. And to be salt means something is putrefying. Yes. We need to go, we need to sterilize it. Yeah. There's no getting around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got another question for you. Do you believe that we will see another revival before the rapture of the church? Yeah, like I would hope, like everybody else, I've been praying about this ever since I, you and I both came out of the last revival we saw in the 70s, the Jesus movement. I long for something like that to happen again. We, we've seen glimpses of it, Rob, during the COVID era here, mm-hmm. where we saw just, we you know, people were showing up at church on a Sunday where there were, thousand, there were over a thousand people that we couldn't find seats for. We baptized wow. 3,014 people wow. in three weekends. That's amazing. So that's precious stuff. But I got news for you, brother. I think in this day and age, if there's a revival, it's going to have to be a revival of holiness. Because mm. remember, revival yeah. only applies to the believer. Right, right. And I think if the church is going to be used again, it's got to be refined. I think if there's a revival, there's going to be a getting back to the word of God. Cause mm-hmm. by and large, thank God you and I have been spoiled because we yeah. were brought up right. under great leadership, but most of the church in the world and in America, they've had all this touchy feely topical message type of your fantastic stuff. <laughs> and it didn't work. I mean, COVID came and it shook people's foundations and yeah. they didn't know where to go. Big time. So I think right now, do I think we'll see a revival? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, but I think it's gonna be a revival of holiness, of godly living that mm-hmm. is going to purify the church for his return. And she's gonna be beautiful and she's gonna be attractive to those that are searching because the church will be so different from the world. Yes. That they're gonna to run to her. Yep. And I hope they run to her in time before we go up. Yeah. I, I asked you that question um, because I, I recently did a podcast episode with uh, David Gusick on this subject mm-hmm. of revival. And he had a very interesting take that goes along with what you're saying, because what we were talking about is when we look at, you know, the the Bible and we look at what it says about what's going to be happening in the, the end times, the last days, it seems that things are going to be getting worse on planet earth. And so on that side, you look at it and go, okay, you know, how does revival fit into that? You know, it just seems like things are getting worse. And Gusick's take on it, I thought was so good. He said, you know, he says, I think if we see a revival, it's going to be different than what we've seen in the past in this sense that the light will be getting brighter, holier, like you're saying, but the dark, but the darkness will be getting darker. And so the distinction between the two is going to become so much greater um, where there isn't going to be any room for any blending, if you would. No and, gray, uh, huh? No yeah. more gray. And I thought that was a really, really good take because I've wrestled with that as I look at it and go, okay, well, I, I see all this that Paul says. It makes it seem like in you know the last days people are departing from the faith and you know the lawlessness and all that stuff that we're seeing going on. But then at the same time, we're praying and hoping for a revival 
in, in, in the church that would affect the world. And when he said that, the light gets brighter, or in your sense, more holy, but the darkness gets more darker and more antagonistic against right. the light. Because Jesus said the light hates the darkness, right. or the darkness hates the light because we expose their evil deeds. And so I thought that was a really, really good uh, I believe take, that. take on his part. That's well so. said on his part. I agree 100%. Makes total sense. When we review history, even back to the days of Noah, that the dichotomy is so crystal clear Yeah. that there's no more gray zone. And, yep, I could see that. I do believe that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Jack, once again, we're really excited about having you come out on March 26th, and I appreciate you taking time today. Um, what do you? What would you say that people could expect that are going to come to this conference on March 26th? What do you think the Lord's going to be doing there? Well, I know that the Lord is going to be doing something there because the fact that you personally, Rob, hold a high view of Scripture, mm -hmm. and it's your passion that people at this time understand the times that they live in and that they be comforted by the scriptures. And you're going to have a mutual good friend there, Dr. Mark Hitchcock, who yes. is such a reliable, dependable man of God, a theologian, but um, a man that is not dry, you know, and bookworm kind of a guy. He brings it down to you. For me personally, unless the Lord changes my, my course on this, um, in this season, I'm very passionate about the fact that we are in an age of setup. Yeah. Set up, the world is being set up for mischief, but the church is being set up for such a time as this. Mm. It's like you said a moment ago, it's never been this dark before and this cunning. It's a very odd season of deception. But at the same time, the church is being beautifully purged, cleansed, and, and refined to where uh, as the world is set up for the great reset. I think the church is being set up for the great going up. I mean, mm. I, I really expect her. I'm living for every moment. Don't get me wrong. And I'm making plans. I have to do this. This is the hardest thing for me. But as a pastor, I literally, and I, with our board, we have directed and positioned this church for the next 50 to 80 years. That's mm -hmm. literally what we've done. Wow. Starting today, the next 50 to 80 years, we'll be long gone. But we're hoping and we're trusting Christ will come back today. Yeah. And so everything I see right now, I see through the lens of how is this a setup? A setup for righteousness for such a time as this? A setup for ever-increasing uh, godlessness in the world? And so that's the school board. It's the county. It's the churches. Look, like you, probably like us, we're surrounded by churches that have gone woke. Mm -hmm. And so how do I view this? Yeah. What do I do about it? So for me, I pray anyway that at this time, the message that I want to be bringing is regarding the great setup, regarding the great reset. What can we expect? And certainly, absolutely nothing to fear mm -hmm. because Jesus laid it out for us. We don't need to be afraid. If we look at it right, we'll be energized. Amen. Love you, Pastor Jack. Thanks. For I love taking you, the time. brother. Can't wait to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Thanks for taking the time today. All right. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Season 5 of the Basics of Life Conversations with Rob Salvato. This season is all about revival, and we have a lot more content coming your way. If you'd like access to more Christ-centered content, you can go to goodlion.io, also known as the Good Lion Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this conversation, we would love it if you shared it with a friend, left us a review, or a rating. Otherwise, we'll see you next time here on the Basics of Life Conversations.